Okay, good morning, everyone. Let's ask God for his help this morning. So, Father, we turn to you again. Uh, you have started this new day, and as we turn to your word, we pray, Lord, that you will encourage us this morning as we look at this book of Ruth, this little book of Ruth that many of us know so well, but Lord, speak to us afresh in Jesus' name. Amen. Voice is a bit croaky this morning, so I hope uh, we get through uh, okay and uh, without me having to clear my throat too many times. If I do, uh, Mark, you'll just have to edit them out, I guess. The story of Ruth takes place uh, at the time of Judges. That period of about 400 years of spiritual decline in Israel, where we told that the people did not obey God. They simply did that which seemed right in their own mind, in their own eyes. They, they just did uh, their own thing. And they were dark times when God's people seemed to sow the wind but reap the whirlwind. But they were punctuated with those times when God was moved with compassion as they suffered the consequences of their disobedience. And he would come and he would deliver to once again bring hope uh, to this people. And this morning, I'd like us just to think briefly, if we could please, about this well-known and this well-loved uh, story of Ruth against the background of God being the God of hope. In Romans 15, Paul writes, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And in this book of Ruth, I believe we see the working out in the context uh, of, of, Jewish, uh, of a Jewish family devastated by grief. I think we see this in the book of Ruth working out in the context of a Gentile widow whose future was all unknown. And then in a nation that seemed to be losing its way and with it, it's hope. The family, of course, is Naomi's family. She lived in Bethlehem, Bethlehem, that means house of bread. And she was there with her husband and her two sons, Marlon and Killian. But one day famine came and the house of bread had no bread. And they decided to do what seemed best and go to live in the land of Moab. But sadness strikes as Elimelech dies and Naomi becomes a widow. Perhaps this is tempered somewhat when both of her sons marry and she gains two daughters-in-law, Orpah and Ruth. But then tragedy, as death strikes again as her sons also die. I guess at that point the future must have looked pretty hopeless for her. What should she do? Naomi heard that there was food again in Bethlehem, and so she decides to make her way back home. And Ruth decided to come with her, but Orpah stayed in Moab. Well, what effect had this whole episode had on Naomi? Well, when she got back, the folk in Bethlehem wondered if it was Naomi. Could it be Naomi, they were saying? And in the words of scripture, she would reply, don't call me Naomi, 
Call me Mara, because the Almighty has made my life very bitter. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi? And the Lord has afflicted me. The Almighty has brought misfortune upon me. No doubt she was glad to be back in the place that she knew, but she was not in a good place with God. She was blaming God for everything. What hope was there for the future? <clears throat> for Ruth, of course, everything was new as she set out on this new future. She had made a remarkable commitment, not only to Naomi, but also to God. Where you will go, she said, and where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. The big question for them both, of course, was how were they going to live? When they arrived back in Bethlehem, we are told it was the time of barley harvest. And Ruth volunteers to go to the fields to glean remnants of the crop that were left. It was one of the customs of the time. And from the word go, it's almost unbelievable to see how the hand of God was upon her to give her a future and a hope. The fields belong to Boaz, who just happened to be a relative of Naomi's husband, Elimelech. As a result, Naomi and Ruth were well provided for, thank you very much, both in the quantity of grain which they could uh, bring home and in the quality. For it wasn't just uh, the waste that was left, but some of the prime they were able to have as well. And they had protection for Ruth as she gleaned in the fields. Then we find that through this cultural practice that the Israelites had, Boaz turns out to be the guardian redeemer for Naomi's family, for the family name to live on. You need to read the story to get uh, an understanding of that uh, practice, the guardian redeemer. But for this morning, through a whole series of amazing events that makes Ruth the much-loved story, I guess that it is, Boaz buys the land that is left by Elimelech and gains Ruth in the bargain as his wife. We read, So Boaz took Ruth, and she became his wife. And the Lord enabled her to conceive, and she gave birth to a son. And the women said to Naomi, Praise be to the Lord, who this day has not left you without a guardian redeemer. May he become famous throughout Israel. He will renew your life and sustain you in your old age. For your daughter-in-law, who loves you and who is better to you than seven sons, has given him birth. Then Naomi took the child in her arms and cared for him. And the women living there said, Naomi has a son. And they named him Obed. He was the father of Jesse, the father of David. At the outset, I said that I would like us to, to be thinking about this story of Ruth from the perspective of God being the God of hope. When Naomi came back 
to Bethlehem, she was not in a good place spiritually, as we saw. We saw that she was blaming God for all the misfortune of her life. She had seemingly lost all hope. Yet very wonderfully and very graciously, we found her at the end of the book, coming right back into the story in a much better place, it would seem, with a renewed sense of hope and a reason to rejoice in the Lord. Psalm 30, hear me, O Lord, and have mercy on me. Help me, O Lord. You have turned my mourning into joyful dancing. You have taken away my clothes of mourning and clothed me with joy, that I might sing praises to you and not be silent. O Lord my God, I will give you thanks forever. And I guess Naomi could sing that song at the end of the book of Ruth. Hadn't been composed, but she knew what it was, I believe, for God to once again work in her life so that she had a much better relationship with him. He was turning her mourning into joyful dancing. Why? Because he's the God of hope. He's the God of hope. What then about Ruth? She was Gentile, but she had come to live in Bethlehem. May the Lord repay you for what you have done, Boaz said. May you be richly rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. And her decision to move to Bethlehem, I guess, was for her a step of faith. A step of faith into an unknown future, and God's hand was certainly upon her, as we briefly saw. You can see it in his plan, God's plan that he seemed to have for her. In God's provision all along the way, in so many ways, not just in the give us this day our daily bread way, but uh, with how her life worked out with a husband and a family of her own. And then God's protection as uh, she worked uh, from uh, the, the men of the field and so on and so forth. And God became the God of hope to her as well. And I believe we also see in her a picture of God's grace. As through a redeemer, she finds salvation with God's people. And then finally, what of the nation Israel. Perhaps in this past week, as we have gone through the book of Judges and just had a flavor of it, there is very little, if anything, in evidence of God's strategic plan for Israel. What had become of that promise that God had made to Abraham, that through him all the nations of the earth would be blessed? And then at the end of Ruth, we see it. Her son was named Obed. He was the father of Jesse, the father of David. David, who would become king with Bethlehem, becoming known as the city of David. Each morning, as we've looked at the judges, um, we've done a rain check on whether they showed up in Hebrews 11, God's Hall of Fame, of faith. Well, this morning, 
what happens if we do that check again? Do we find Ruth or do we find Naomi there? No, you won't. But try Matthew 1 instead. Matthew 1, the New Testament opens, if you remember, with that royal genealogy of Jesus. This is the genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Boaz, the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth. Obed, the father of Jesse. And Jesse, the father of King David. And so it goes all the way down through until you finally come to Jesus, the royal line of David, the line of Messiahship, the line of our Redeemer, the one who would come to bring salvation and pay the price for our salvation. And so this morning we're able to end the week, which has been pretty dark and gloomy at times, but seeing those bright rays of light when God comes through with his loving compassion, we're able to end this week uh, not on a good note, just for Israel, way back in history. But we're in the picture this morning because the one who was the God of hope for Naomi, the one who was the God of hope for Ruth, the one who was the, and is, the God of hope for Israel, has become our God of hope as well. And so we may we use that uh, verse that we started with, the, the the verse that Paul wrote uh, in Romans 15, can we just conclude with that being a very fitting benediction for us this morning and to close out this week. And so may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope with, uh, by the power of the Holy Spirit. We pray this for Jesus' sake. Amen. Amen.